It's important, um, like for example, if if you're looking to at some point exit this business, you're going to build up a portfolio um, of 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 properties that you're managing. You're, you're earning certain revenue. Um, investors or purchasers of your business are going to be looking for this incremental revenue increases as well. So it's like you need to prove to the to a potential purchaser or buyer that um, you are you you have the ability to add value to your business, and you're you're proving that you know through these additional revenue streams. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special three-part podcast series on the state of the short-term rental industry brought to you by my friends at Uplisting, one of the most powerful property management systems on the market. Over the next three weeks, join Vinny Breslin, co-founder and CEO of Uplisting, and yours truly, Zach Cruz from Behind the Stays, as we unpack Uplisting's latest trends report. Airbnb hosts and short-term rental operators often work independently without much intel as to how their peers are marketing their properties, increasing their booking rates, and how much money folks are actually making from their portfolios. In order to address this issue, the Uplisting team took it upon themselves to collect and analyze data from their own customers, as well as hundreds of other STR owners and operators in the industry. This special podcast series will unveil some of the more interesting findings from this report and equip you with the insight that you need to figure out how your business compares to others. Uplisting invites you to download the full free report via the link in the show notes below. All right, folks, without further ado, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite evening cocktail and settle in for an informative and timely three-part conversation. Vinny, we are live. How are you doing today, my friend? I, I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Zach? I'm doing well. I'm very excited for this conversation because this is actually the the very first time we've done this special sort of mini series on the Behind the Stays podcast. And I think we were going back and forth a little bit on social media after your team published this really awesome uh, report. And I was as I was like making my way through this report, I thought, you know, this would be a, a really fun piece of premium content to build almost like a supplemental series around. And so I DM'd you and we talked with your team and uh, mm -hmm. this all came together like relatively quickly. So I'm just yeah. very excited to to try something new here. I think that this is going to be super valuable for, for our listeners and um, really anyone who's hungry to get a good understanding of, of what's happening right now in, in, in the marketplace. So thanks first and foremost for you and the team for uh, working with me on this. I think that this is going to be really valuable for folks. Yeah, yeah, and thank you um, for the initiative and pitching. I think it's it's a great idea. We haven't thought about it, um, but it's a perfect medium to discuss, you know, what our findings in the report. Wonderful, wonderful. And so I thought it would be fun to just start this first conversation again. This is the first of three conversations that we'll have that really unpack the current state of short-term rentals. Um, and I thought it would be neat to just hear a little bit of context, Vinny, from you around mm -hmm. what why produce this report. Uh, obviously, you know, uplisting right is a property management software. You guys are are one of the leaders in the in the space. You you're probably doing this for marketing purposes, right? For for some some legion purposes but beyond that right of like course, yeah. what uh what was sort of the impetus behind the team's desire to to produce this report yeah great question well i, I guess like yeah, as you mentioned marketing and um uh, lead gen but you know that's all that's that's all because of the need to uh, for people to understand how the market are you know what's happening in the market 
um, on what's happening in, the, in their industry. You know, people yeah. are searching for for answers and um, not entirely sure. It's not clear on how to grow a business in in this space. So the the the, the, kind of the reason behind it is that we speak to you know hosts and operators all over the world all yeah. day long, whether it be our customers or potential customers or on forums and groups and you know and so on. Um, and we're all, always hearing that question of how do other businesses, um, you know, grow or how do they operate their um, short-term rental um, companies? So what we wanted to do was to um, figure out from those um, operators, yeah, how, are there any patterns that we can um, share um, with our customers and you know, with, with the market as a whole? Yeah. Um, so you know, the the goal here is to effectively support the short-term rental community. Um, want to assist hosts and property managers and and other any stakeholders in navigating both the challenges and the opportunities in the industry. Yeah, what what's so interesting is couldn't agree with you more about the importance of of producing a, a report like this. And from my vantage point, right, as somebody who's who's newer to the space, uh, and and the folks that come on this podcast and the folks that I talk to because of the the community that this podcast has built, a lot of these these folks they got into the space relatively recently, right? Like there's you've got your vacation rental management companies who have been around for for decades, right? Um, yeah. But there's almost this like new category of of host, this new category of of um, you know property manager that is newer yeah. to the space. Maybe maybe they got into it because of COVID, right? And they had a little bit of additional capital. Maybe they recently sold a company, right? And now they're mm-hmm. trying to get into real estate, but don't want to get into real estate in a way like their parents did, right? And so you've yeah. got all that is to say is you've got this like new cohort of folks who are realizing like, whoa, I'm managing one or two, or I own one or two Airbnbs, one or two properties here. There, There's real business opportunity. Like, how, how do I grow this portfolio? Like, how do I how do I actually view this as like a business and not just a way yeah. to cover my vacation, you know, homes mortgage, so to speak. And so all that is to say is you've got this, this younger, not even necessarily younger, but you've got this newer, right, generation of individuals yeah. stepping in with lots of questions and and not not yeah, as many exactly. answers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that the the, the um you know the revenue can generate in the industry is is really clear and obvious. Um, and it's uh, just the question of how do we actually you know build this business. It, it, it's fa- it's fairly common that we would see, and this has been throughout the you know the past few years, where somebody will start with one property, um, might be their own property, and then their friends ask them to manage their properties, and all of a sudden they have twenty pro- properties. And uh, they're making you know decent amount of revenue, and they're yeah. like, okay, this is actually this is a business here. And we'll, you know, a few of our responses, which we'll cover over the the series, kind of goes into the the makeup of the respondents and um, you know what their uh, majority are, well, not the majority, but um, up to up to we found in the report that up to twenty five properties is like a, it's a side project for the most part. You know, it's yeah. a side hustle, um, and from there on, it becomes more of a real business. Yeah, and so then- getting to that oh. size even is you know, achievable as a part-time. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, that is like, and and sorry, just, just to reiterate there, which is, that's so impressive. You, you, you were saying like up to 25 properties, our folks are still looking at this as like a side hustle, right? And then, like after mm-hmm. that, is is when they, you know, wonder how and you know, could I make this my my full time gig? Which that's, I mean, that yeah. is a huge as far as I'm concerned. Like that that's massive. Like that, like that that's it, it's just jarring that people are, um, you know, uh, ha- have portfolios of the sizes that they do with, they own or manage, and they're still being yeah. they're still able to do this alongside presumably like a full time, you know, nine to five. So. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's certainly a, a super interesting sort of uh, moment in time, and as as sort of like the 
you know, professionalization, so to speak, of the industry, I think, really begins to form. Uh, mm-hmm. Reports like the ones that you guys have produced are just super important to help make sure people understand baselines and understand sort of like benchmarks um, exactly. so that they can make yeah. sense of it. Yeah, yeah, so it's just really helpful in, in any business to have some sort of benchmark understanding of, of what others are doing um, and where you can see uh, you know the opportunities and also the risks, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the risks, and those are important too. We don't. We always mm-hmm. like to talk about the upside, and then it's scary to talk about the downside. But there is downside. There is risk, right? Yeah. To, to any business. <laughs> Eyes open. Eyes open. Yes. Yes. Um, well. Well. On that note, Vinny, what, what is like your hope? What What do you think the uplisting team's hope is for folks who are tuning into this series, right? And are, we'll be listening to the next three episodes. What do you What do you hope that folks walk away with? So well, we're really bullish on the short-term rental industry. You know, it's we can see it's growing, it's evolving, it's maturing. It's a really exciting time to be part of it. Um, for you know, for hosts and operators out there, um, it's it's also getting more competitive. Um, so you do have to differentiate and um, you know, rise to the top. Um, so there's you know, we're seeing more um entrance at the markets. Um, it's going to get more competitive as the months and years go by. Uh, so our goal is to you know provide insights on how short-term rental companies and operators can remain competitive mm. and identify just opportunities for growth. Um, and then ultimately, we want to contribute to the growth of, uh, you know, growth and success in the market in general. Yeah, those are those are valiant goals. And and just super important too, as, as you see more, and you guys I'm sure are seeing this even more than I am, but you're seeing way more like institutional capital flood into the space, right? And you're seeing mm-hmm. people uh, who've been quite successful in either other aspects of real estate and or just in other industries coming in and trying to figure out like what is the next uh, generation's expectations on travel and hospitality and how do we design experiences that that align right and, and match yeah. those those expectations and therefore you're just seeing like really interesting brands emerge you're seeing you know folks like wander uh, in, in the space yeah. who we've talked about a couple times on this podcast as well and and all that is to say is that, validates your point of being more that there's more competition than ever before which also just means that folks do that that want to take this seriously folks that really want to grow a unique business are going to have to probably start thinking a little bit differently right about their about their processes than they might have otherwise they might actually have to start thinking about marketing for the first time right maybe they've solely relied on otas they're going to start thinking about building direct booking sites right because as ota fees like airbnb's fees continue to rise at some point, folks are going to realize, hey, you know, this is cutting into my margin too much. I need to, I need to think about a, a supplemental strategy, right? So, all, yeah. all that comes as, as as you were saying, a market matures. Yeah, yeah, and that's again something we see in the report is um, after uh, an operator hits a certain size, the the challenges become more of increasing revenue, more direct bookings, um, all you know, all, everything you just said. Today's hospitality entrepreneurs understand the importance of owning the entire guest experience, which is why building acquisition channels through direct bookings outside of OTAs like Airbnb and Verbo is so important. And while there are many great property management systems out there that can help you build a direct booking site, Uplisting empowers property managers with so much more than a basic website template, which is unfortunately what you tend to get with a lot of the other guys. With Uplisting's suite of direct booking tools, property managers can become their own channel and capitalize on referrals and repeat business. You can launch beautifully designed and fully optimized booking pages in seconds, even if you don't know how to write a single line of code. 
Additionally, if you have a website that you just love already, Uplisting allows you to easily embed their booking widget on your existing site, whether it's built on WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, or any other website builder. A lot of short-term rental hosts are nervous to scale their direct bookings because of all the tools that Airbnb offers to protect their rentals. Well, Uplisting's direct booking tools include a guest identity verification, the ability to easily collect security deposits and reservation payments, and a fully optimized mobile experience that lets you and your guests do all of this from their phone. Whether you have a single property or hundreds of properties, Uplisting is designed to help you accelerate growth with incredible reliability, critical marketing automation, and the most powerful direct booking engine to ever hit the market. You can start your 14-day free trial at uplisting.io forward slash BTS dash podcast. That's BTS as in behind the stage dash podcast. And once you've fallen in love with all that this platform has to offer, 20% off of your first year of uplisting when you use the code BTS20 at checkout. Again, that's BTS as in behind the stays, 20 at checkout. But act fast because this offer expires on June 30th, 2023. So check out uplisting, thank them for producing this wonderful series with us and get started at uplisting.io forward slash BTS dash podcast. And don't forget to use the code BTS20 at check out. Thanks guys. Well, uh, Vinny, give us a give us like a rough lay of the land. Like who who were the various groups that that responded to this survey? So we yeah, broad range, um the majority fit into the 2 to 25 property range, which is um the majority of our customers are in that in that range um anyway. Um we have uh most of them are managing properties on behalf of a property owner so that we would call them property manager yep um the the vast majority of the respondents have been in the space for two to five years so wow. fairly fairly new um and uh we've got these there's others then with five to ten years experience i think what we what we saw in the report is more experience does not um mean a larger company and that, that's fine that's not maybe not their you know the, the more experienced hosts goal is not to grow to 100 200 plus properties that, yeah. that's fine um but i think we're seeing these uh, newer operators jump in and scale very very quickly yeah what what i love about this and one of the reasons i was so excited that we were gonna partner on this series is that that that's sort of the core demographic of of this show too are, are folks who are newer to the space and they might have a you know smaller portfolio but they've done a lot of the things that i think folks who you, you you know your your own customers have done which is they've done like the hard work of like building a brand right and you know maybe building an instagram and developing like a following developing an audience of sorts and that's great right but where they might be lacking a little bit or just not have as much expertise is in is in the operations of things right like to to the point yeah. we we're just discussing how do you how do you go from 1 to 10 properties right like the systems yeah. that that you need the technology that you need right the standardization that you need is so different right when you're just worried yeah. about a property down the street of yours and all of a sudden now you're talking about 10 properties maybe in uh, you know several different states right or several different regions yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least not in one location, typically. Um, and I, I constantly draw parallels to our own journey. You know, as a software business, we we self-funded Bootstrap. We started off as a side project, well, side hustle, I guess. You know, worked our asses off day and night <laughs> um, for the first couple of years or more, even. Um, and just seeing, you know, we, we any business um, similar to uh, you know self-funded, bootstrapped 
get up and go kind of business, um, you come across the same challenges. You hit these growth spurts, you hit these these stages in your business where you have to make a change and you have to adapt or um, things aren't going to go so well. So, you know, hiring in operations or bringing in operational people to solve um, a lot of aspects of the businesses was, was critically important for us. And it's I can I can see our, you know, our members who have that operational um, uh, side of the business nailed. Yeah. Um, just just grow rapidly you know they're they're built to scale at that point so it's yeah it's fascinating to see these you know the journeys and the steps that um you go it's important you, you can't hire somebody for operations when you have one property or two properties or it doesn't make any sense at that point but um you know as you grow and you, you've had these different challenges it becomes more and more obvious and, yeah. and critical yeah yeah and then on the other side of things right like some of the best operators that i've met like have terrible branding and don't understand mm -hmm. how to build sort of like an owned audience, right? And and rely quite quite heavily on on the OTAs. And so I, yeah. that's why it's it's exciting to see sort of I think this new class of of hosts sort of emerge where they're a little bit of both, right? They, they recognize the importance of branding. They recognize the importance of audience development. They recognize the, the importance of owned channels, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're also open to to learning the operation side um, if, if yeah. they're not familiar with that already. So that's that's that is quite um, quite exciting. So what what were some just kind of like high level uh, insights that were that were most interesting and or uh, and or and, and or just maybe even most entertaining, mo most shocking, uh, as you sort of look at this report from a thirty thousand foot level, what what stands mm -hmm. out in terms of its insights? Yeah, there's a number of them. I'll pick a few. Um, so one thing is there there was something we didn't find um, at least, and this might be just indicative of our report. It's not to say that that's you know this is the case across the board, but we didn't see any clear correlation for a lot of the questions that we asked. Huh. Um, which we didn't include in the report. So these are we didn't put them in because they didn't they didn't have any you know clear value. So they're they're like on the the cutting room floor. Um, but for one example, there is um, for amenities. For we thought we would find maybe one or two or three amenities that potentially um, resulted in a, a boost in profitability. Okay, um, you know more income. I often see like a hot tub mentioned pool. Um, that wasn't conclusive in our report. Huh. Um, and again, that's not to say that that's not the case right um but we just didn't um we didn't see that in our report across our respondents at least um which i thought was interesting i hope we thought we'd find hopefully find some like um you know golden eggs or something or well, uh, that works uh, and and yeah just just to affirm what you're saying Vinny, like people do tout like when if you if you follow certain you know influencers in the space on social media or whatever people are always talking about like you need a hot tub or you need a pool or you need a sauna right like and it's like you know, this sauna will boost your, uh, you know, your uh, your mm -hmm. nightly rate by twenty percent or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. and that that is definitely something that is touted a lot. Um, and and so it is kind of just interesting. Again, maybe it is just the report or the framing of the questions or whatever. But regardless, yeah. it is interesting that you guys didn't find a strong correlation there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, what else? So we, we mentioned up top that uh, there wasn't, um, well, for the majority of the customers, is uh, sorry, majority of the respondents. Um, it wasn't or short-term rentals aren't their primary source of income hmm. um, yet. Um, we we find that once they hit the twenty-six plus property market, it does become um, their primary income source. Yeah, uh, there's there appears to be a, a struggle with occupancy rates across the board. Um, so forty percent of our of our respondents um, have between fifty and seventy-four percent occupancy rate. Um, I think that speaks to the the competition in the space and yeah. um, you know the well. Just, opportunities um to to increase this i think there's there's plenty of those whether it's additional booking sites direct bookings marketing you know yeah. whatever else but this is the, this is the squeeze right so it's the 
the occupancy rate that you're they're monitoring, you need to figure out how you're going to um, increase that. Yeah. Um, well, another aspect which I didn't think about um, was uh, like an increased focus on sustainability and eco-friendly yeah, accommodations. Huh. Um, I think like I, my background is at, well, well, part of my background, I, I'm originally a civil engineer and then I studied sustainable energy, like mechanical energy way back in the day. Um, but for me, I, I often overlook these kind of things as kind of nice to have. Um, but I think there's there's definitely there's a, a trend here to show that both guests and property managers are becoming more conscious of um, environmental impacts, um, you know, and that probably reflecting a broader uh, shift towards uh, societal shift towards sustainability. Yeah, it is interesting seeing even in like listings descriptions, right? How many more hosts are touting the fact that like their approach to the build, especially if it's like a new build, right, was as yeah. sustainable as possible and or like, hey, come stay at our solar paneled off grid, like escape, right? Or, yeah. hey, you know, this A-frame was built in a way where we don't you need to use, you know, real electricity at all because of how the solar panels are positioned, right? Like they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. people are just touting this, right, in their listings descriptions, they're naming their their places, things like the solar cabin, right? So it mm -hmm. does seem sort of, sort to be sort of this greater trend in this space and i wonder too if that has anything to do with like the rise of these like unique stays some of which tend to be yeah. maybe a little bit more off-grid i don't know yeah yeah well like this is a you know a niche or a speciality is is sustainability and um uh environmentally conscious so yeah it's definitely there's an audience for it for sure yeah yeah um what else and anything else kind of like high level that was maybe surprising to you um, well, I guess those were, those were quite, I think those are the ones that stood out as being surprising. Yeah. Um, like in terms of insights that, um, that's uh, some, uh, some of the insights that stood out, um, otherwise, yeah. um, are like the, so, okay, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, let me step back. So the, the, what is, what, interesting other interesting uh, sorry let me start again yeah so other interesting uh, insights that we we noticed are the the vast majority of people use their personal experiences um when it comes to growth and you know thinking about how they run their business um after their own personal experiences they typically look towards a community so it could be facebook groups books podcasts and um kind of various thought leaders um the most obvious way to grow your business is to add more properties which <laughs> could be Quite, quite an obvious thing to say, but um, it's not the only way. You know, there's lots of room for increasing um, revenue with um, pricing, branding, additional booking sites. Yeah, and they'll always um, uh, support your growth. Uh, and then, as you grow your business, the the challenges change, of course. Um, so at the start, um, it's kind of all about getting as many bookings as possible, proving that this is uh, a viable business for me and getting it off the ground. Um, and then once you, you know, once from a respondents from the survey, we see that once you hit that 25, 26 property mark, uh, it becomes more about your team, um, the speciality in your team, um, ensuring things are running smoothly um, and then just getting your business in a position where it can scale uh, effectively. Yeah. Do you, one of the questions I have had, and I don't know if you 
I didn't, I don't know that I saw this in the report necessarily. Maybe this was data you collected that didn't make it into the report, or maybe you even just have some things, some anecdotal data here. But you, you we're, we're seeing more and more of these. I'll just call them like. Uh, you know amenity add-ons or these like these pop-up like you know your pop-up shop for your airbnb your your short-term rental right like this idea of um you know the host co right has like a store where it turns your place into uh, a shoppable experience you've got things like you know mount right where you can have your bikes you can you know basically have bikes at your place guest wants to use a bike right they uh pay a little bit of you know a, a premium whatever it might be you get a little cut of that uh of that of that of what they spend on the bikes did you guys yeah. look into sort of like like upsells at all and or like any, any interesting data there uh, I don't have it up uh, offhand. We did we did a lot around amenities. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, let me see in the report. I don't. Yeah. I don't think we had enough. Uh, sorry, a lot on um, upsells in particular. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you guys did either. I just thought it. No. Yeah. yeah. But what can I say? Not though. I think um, the it's it's an, it's definitely it's an obvious next step right for the um or like a current step for short-term rental businesses to think about where they can increase their revenue and, and um get more revenue um upsells are something that we're building within uplisting at the moment because it's um it's a very common request people want to have this hmm. um whether they're whether they're selling um uh early checking their checkout um uh which is you know something interesting that not, not not everybody will will want to charge for um but some people will of course um, I think what we're what we're looking at is um, some smart uh, upsells, like um, automatically selling the an early uh, an extra debt, for example. So uh, if there's yeah. a if there's a debt if the debt before or after your stay is available, then automatically um, being able to sell that to a guest. Um, those things that are kind of um, revenue opportunities that um, can be quite painful to do. When you well, extremely impossible to do manually with say 20, 30, 100 properties. Yeah. Um, you know, technology can can definitely help with that. Uh, I don't I don't know so much around the like the the months of this world, which I think are a really cool service and um make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know um what the economics are like for for renting out those, yeah, um, like a bike or whatever it is, but I think the ability to provide those uh, as part of as, as an immunity in your um short-term rental uh, and then just being able to cover that through insurance, which, which I'm, I believe Mont provides, um, is something that uh, is uh removes a barrier to to um offering that immunity to yeah. um to guests. Yeah, it's super interesting the the upsell product that you're talking about, which you know is a is a nice um, nod to uplisting the brand. Um, so I, the you know yeah. everything's going up. Um, up, but, up, up. <laughs> but what's cool about what's cool about the example that you gave about like early check in and late checkout or whatever it might be. One of the things just as a you know a small business right where like when I want to bring my team out for like a you know retreat or, or like a you know day long thing and have like a meeting whatever it might be. One of the hard things right is 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 the check in check out. Like I might only want to do like one overnight. Right. But mm -hmm. I but I but like I'd love to start, you know, the day at like noon, not four. Right. And then I'd love to be yeah. able to like check out at like 4 p.m., not, you know, 11 a.m. the next day, whatever it might be. So I yeah. feel like if you're a short term rental host and you're in a market where business travelers um, are, are likely to are likely to come and or where if you have a if you have a space that's designed for kind of like small corporate retreats or whatever it might be. 
that's a beautiful amenity to add. And I, I know, I know, I know people, many small business owners like that would pay for something like that. So that way you don't have to stay, you don't have to book two full nights, right? With for, in order to get kind of like one full day, you can yeah. get four additional hours or whatever it is on the front end and four additional hours on the back end. Um, I would absolutely pay for something like that. Anyways, yeah. a tangent, but I, but I, I wanted to call that up because I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing for folks to consider. Yeah, well, it's important. Um, like, for example, if if you're looking to at some point exit this business, you're going to build up a portfolio um, of, of of properties that you're managing, you're, you're earning certain revenue. Um, investors or purchasers of your business are going to be looking for this incremental revenue increases as well. So it's like you need to prove to the to a potential purchaser or buyer that um, you are you, you have the ability to add value to your business and you're you're proving that, you know, through these additional revenue streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well said. So well said. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I'm curious, Vinny, about um, some of the hottest sort of takeaways from from your perspective that this this report uncovered. Again, we're going to dive deep into each section of the report here and, and do that in, in the next couple episodes here. But just uh, any sort of hot takeaways, um, any other sort of like insights or or findings that that you believe yeah. sort of like challenged conventional thinking about the space mm-hmm. yeah for sure maybe the first one doesn't necessarily challenge conventional but uh conventional uh wisdom but as you grow your business um you're most likely going to expand your marketing efforts uh, yeah. so you're you know the most obvious one is on additional booking sites like verbo uh booking.com google vacation rentals um but we see a lot um other respondents working on other channels like SEO, mm. um, e- email marketing, influencer marketing, you know, those kind of ones, which um, are potentially a little bit harder. Well, they are a little bit harder to um, jump into if you don't have experience in that. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, so SEO uh, was one of the most scalable challenge, uh, channels for high growth um, for the high revenue businesses. Um, we saw a huge uptake in SEO for businesses making more than $1 million um, per year. That's, Same. That's, sorry, real fast. That, that's a super interesting benchmark, actually, because it's one of the things that I get asked a lot is like, at what point in time do people 
take SEO seriously, right? Because SEO is yeah. a lot of work, right? And you yeah. know, the payoff can be great once you're ranking for terms that you really want to rank for, right? That's free traffic, right? Like you don't ha- you don't mm-hmm. have to bid on those terms anymore. Like you, there's you don't have to worry about you know paid search campaigns, right? Um, yeah. And so it, it's like money when you can get it right, but yeah. right, it's it's really it's it, a it requires process. a lot of investment. So it's, it's interesting that your yeah. findings is like at the at the million at the million dollar mark is is typically when folks are beginning to take SEO seriously. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a slow burn. You know, it's more of a we've established ourselves in uh, our businesses at a certain point. Um, we can now invest in some um, longer term initiatives that will you know prove prove very valuable um, yeah. over the the months and years that you put in that effort. Yeah. What else? What uh, else uh, in terms of takeaways? Yeah. So other marketing, like email marketing, um, is such an obvious one, but. So many people just do not do it. Um, but as again, as you grow and you have more um, people in your team that can do various roles and um, tasks and so on, then email marketing is another obvious one that you just have to um, you have to get get going um, to to to. Uh, sorry, no, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Email marketing. Um, the uh, one thing that we well, I was very glad to see is that. Uh, if you're not using, if you don't have a direct booking engine, or not, you're not, not looking at direct bookings, and you're you're leaving money on the table, this is something that um, we've been preaching for a long time. But really nice to have um, see our respondents or the survey come back with that. So, eighty percent of our respondents were um, earning half a million or more. Um, sorry, eighty percent of our respondents who were whose revenue is half a million or more. Yeah. Um, Use leverage direct bookings. Yeah, yeah. As part part of their part of their strategy, which is, um, you know, we know all of the the reasons it saves you money, more revenue. Um, you own the customer, all that kind of stuff. Which um, is which? I mean, again, just to just to call it to another really good like benchmark for folks to to hey, you know, what your your survey respondents are are saying is that if you're half a million or more, like you are leveraging direct booking in a meaningful way, which means like yeah. if you're not quite there yet, right? And you're are you're wondering like, hey, when do I really need to take this seriously? When do I really need to understand like how to build the proper infrastructure that supports these um, these mm-hmm. efforts? Using that as as a, a a rough benchmark is 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 quite important. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say it, it does depend on your business and what you're comfortable with as well. So, you know, I, I my family have a short-term rental business that does maybe uh, actually like maybe two hundred thousand annually, okay. you know, not 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 half a million, but the, the majority of the of our revenue is direct bookings. Right? Wow. So it's not um, it's not uh, that you shouldn't do it when you have a smaller um, amount of revenue. Yeah, yeah, I would say. and in fact, like if you can if you can get started when you have. It, when when your revenue isn't quite there, by the time that you get to half a million, you the percentage right in terms of direct bookings versus OTAs should also dramatically shift, right? Like if if you've been doing the work, you've built up a brand for yourself, and you're at tw- you know let's say fifteen twenty percent direct bookings at two hundred k in revenue. By the time you're at five hundred k, if you can you know get that up to sixty percent, like. You, at the end of the day, like you're you're bringing home a lot more you know bang for your buck. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's a an ambitious target. I would say um, we always say aim for thirty percent. If you can get thirty percent, that's a, that's a significant uh, milestone. Of course, there are many more that do much higher um, percentage of direct bookings, but it's 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 challenging. It's yeah. hard. It's not not, not the easiest um, task. Uh, other other findings then. Um, 
like one dynamic pricing. Um, it's, a, it's a, again, I think at this point, it's an obvious one. Um, it yeah. should be an obvious one. Um, although I do see it um, mentioned on various forums that people don't use dynamic pricing. I can never understand why they why they don't. Um, but if you're not using it, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. 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 One of the justifications I've heard for not using it is like, oh, well, I don't trust, you know, X tool to understand like what's actually happening in my local market. And I think mm. that that's probably an antiquated perspective. Like most of these tools are are quite good now. Um, and yeah. again, there are there are a number of them out there. And and right. Dynamic pricing doesn't mean like you lose all control of pricing. Right. Like you can yeah, yeah. still go in and, and override. Right. Pricing at any if you know, like if Coachella is coming. Right. And like for whatever reason, your, your tool isn't taking that into account. Right. You can go in and, and override that. So I, I feel like it's yeah. this fear of like total loss of control. But none of us have enough time, uh, you know, uh, available to constantly be monitoring the market to understand exactly how much we should be charging on a Tuesday night in November, right? So yeah, yeah not using these tools is a, is a recipe for for leaving money on the table, as you've said. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the as you said, you, you should be monitoring these prices. It's not like you just turn it on and forget it. Yeah. Um, you should be using it as a, just a benchmark. Again, this is what um, the availability like is like in my area. Um, so if there's only five percent, there's only five percent of the properties available, then obviously I can get more. Well, you know, you should be able to get more um, revenue. So you use that as a uh, as a benchmark, but definitely be active on the pricing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say uh, any any other takeaways that you thought were were particularly noteworthy. Yeah, so profits tend to decrease as your business grows. Um, so the more properties, the more overheads, you know, the more staff. Um, so you need to identify ways to preserve profits. Um, if that's what your if, if that's what your goal is, of course. Um, so you know, the ideas there that would help you do that is direct bookings, improving processes, technology, obviously, automation, um, all of these things can help to uh preserve your profits. Yeah. Which is, which is also interesting and maybe like a little bit counterintuitive, right? To, for folks is like, you'd think as your business grows, right? Your, your, your profit margin is also going to grow. Um, and again, that's not necessarily true, as you said, because this, the, you know, the, these are, these, these businesses are, are, are for many folks are, are quite asset heavy. Like these aren't necessarily asset light businesses, right? You're, you're dealing with real estate, right? And beyond yeah. that, you're dealing with people and great people, great property managers, um, they're, they're going to cost more and more and more as the size of your portfolio increases. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love this insight because, again, I do feel like it's a little bit counterintuitive. Um, and and I would even just argue is also a reason why I think growth needs to be seen as not just acquisition of more properties, but also like to your earlier point, how do you develop new new revenue streams or additional ways to monetize an existing space so that your overall revenue can grow, right? Uh, at a rate that's actually much faster than the size of your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think we see the struggles with these large operators out there that have, you know, thousands of properties um, yeah. every day, not every day, but very frequently you're seeing the issues these that they're facing. They can't fake, nobody, nobody at that scale can figure it out. Um, it's much less, of an issue, um, you know, when you have 50, 100, 200 properties, but it's definitely um, something something to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. No, so well said. Um, well, I'm super excited, Vinny. This is this is a, a great, I would just say, sort of like teaser for what we're going to uncover uncover in the next couple episodes here. Um, but I do just want to thank you and the team for all the time and effort you put into producing this report. For folks who want to uh, 
get access to the report and or kind of skim through it. Again, we're going to be unco- um, unpacking key sections of this report over the next couple of, um, of episodes here. But in the show notes below, if you just scroll on down to the show notes below, I'll have a link directly to the landing page where you can go and download this report. Um, we'll also have a link to Uplisting's website. So if you want to learn more about what Vinny and the team are building and their the feature sets of, of their property management software, uh, you, you'll be able to do so again at the link below. And if you want to follow and connect with Vinny on social media, he's quite active on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and I really enjoy following him. He's, he shares some really great insights. So you can follow him and the Uplisting team as well. I'll have their social profiles linked in the show notes as well. Vinny, this has been great, man. Really appreciate your time. Any sort of parting words before we, uh, before we close up? Uh, oh shit, sorry, I just lost you there for a second. Um, no, but thank thank you so much, Zach, for having um, for this for the series. Really excited to drill into more of our insights. Um, we will, we're going to do this every year, so please do visit you know find the support download it leave your details and then we'll interview interview you for the next one um, you and you know get yeah get this one um rolling out every year and see how you know, fast it is see how the market evolves it, it, it evolves so quickly like every every 12 months we should be seeing differences so um yeah really just really excited to drill into our our, our insights and hopefully provide a lot of value to um your listeners Wonderful. And for folks too, if you are, this series is going live in May of 2023. So if it is June of 2023 uh, or later at the time that you are listening to this, be sure to check out the show notes below too, because we'll have the other episodes that are part of the series linked as well. So you can kind of binge the whole series at once if you so desire. If you are listening to this in early May of 2023, you'll just have to wait another week until episode two comes out. Um, but thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks for me again for your time.